You know, there's a legend about the Podcast Republic app that if you download it when the moon is full, it causes a change in you. And that change is that your podcasts are easier than ever to listen to. That's right. Download the Podcast Republic app when the moon is full, or literally any other time. I want to make this very clear for legal reasons that this is a bit. And you favorite your podcasts and they download directly to your vice. Even on the moors? Even on the moors. That's the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Ow! Speaking of transformations, if you would like to transform the way that you listen to Dissecting the 80s, there's a really simple thing you can do, and that is become one of our Dissectomaniacs who have pledged on Patreon. If you sign up today at the $5 level, you immediately get four bonus episodes. That's right. For some folks, you might not be familiar with how Patreon works. Signing up now means you get access to everything uh, for the full year that we've been doing this. So you get all 12 back issues of the Bag of Soup Sentinel, where Andrew and I talk about the cool stuff we've been into in the last month. There's a soup recipe in it, although I'm not sure how much longer that's going to continue because, frankly... There's just not that many soup recipes I'm fond of. I have a good soup recipe. Okay, well, you could send it along and we'll put that in the next one. Um, But we do, uh, every month you get a newsletter. It tells you uh, a more advanced view of what the schedule is. So if you like watching the movies to be kind of up on what's going on, it's there for you there. Uh, And then at the $5 tier, you get the bonus episodes once a quarter. Uh, We have another one coming up that'll probably end up getting posted in October, but uh, will be our September bonus episode. So apologies for being a little bit late, but we're going to be doing our Lost Lost Boys episode. I hope it won't be a Lost episode. That has already happened to us more than once. Um, But hopefully uh, will be our Lost Boys episode from the Baltimore Podcast Festival, which, by the way, we will be at the Baltimore Podcast Festival October uh, 11th and 12th weekend. Our schedule has not been set but we will be there that weekend and uh at the ten dollar a month tier you get to choose an episode as part of listener request month uh you give us three episodes and three episode options and we pick from that so it's a way of really making it much more likely that we'll do an episode about that movie you've been hoping we would do for a long time so go check it out at patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s learn a little bit more about it and see how you can support the show and get some cool stuff in exchange for it Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is Santo Stavros, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. Also, I you I thought you were going to say the Mega Pasta Power. No, I, I did not intend to say that, and I was going to delete it and put it at the end of the show, but now everyone will know to look for it. It is our fifth anniversary. Happy anniversary, bud. Woo! Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Is that a Red Robin thing? No, I think it was a Rugrats thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that that rings familiar, that rings familiar. Uh, We started this podcast in the end of August of 2014, and so this is our fifth anniversary episode. So we decided uh, we like sequels on this show quite a bit. Uh, so we'd do a part five sequel, and we had a lot of talk about what we would do, because we've done so many franchises, and there were so many options, um, but we decided to do one we had never done before, which uh, <laughs> perhaps not the wisest choice anyone's ever made. Although, but, to be fair, this movie isn't really like, we didn't we weren't missing things, because no, we'd never seen it before. No, there was no lore lost in uh the howling five the rebirth not to be confused with the howling reborn which is a different film in this franchise uh but not this one so we watched the howling five the rebirth so you know what that means we gotta go back we gotta go dissect the 80s it's a terrible cheap werewolf close-up sun's got up it's a terrible cheap werewolf close-ups when the mega powers explode I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott! Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So I want to take a second here, and we may visit some of these movies in the future, but I want to talk about subtitles for these movies so 
Uh, first movie is just called The Howling. That's Joe Dante, which I think we will probably end up visiting 2021. Pencil it in for uh, Spooktacular. 1981 was a big year for werewolf movies. There was The Howling, American Werewolf in London, and Wolfen, which I've never seen the last one. But uh, well, like, is it Wolf? Like W O L F I N apostrophe? Is he like a <laughs> no? Werewolf? But I I love this idea. It's like a Teen Wolfy type thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, unfortunately not, but, uh, that's another theme month we'll get to sometime. We'll have to do a teen wolf month. That's, you know, both teen wolf movies. Um, but so then we go to howling Two: colon, your sister is a werewolf, which despite that title, is that actually the title? Yes. Despite that title, not a comedy. (laughs) Okay. Then we go to howling three, no subtitle howling Four: colon, the original nightmare howling five, the rebirth. Howling 6, The Freaks, Howling New Moon Rising, which is Howling 7. And then in 8, we go The Howling. We put the The back in for the first time since 1981. The Howling, colon, Reborn. They had they were so close to doing Bad Moon Rising. Yes. And I feel so like... close. I feel like that's a better move, honestly. Oh, my God. The, your theme, we, we know what song to expect. I know I will enjoy two and a half minutes of audio of your movie. Yeah, I think the problem is that song probably costs a lot of money. That's fair. I was, yeah, I'm trying to think of the last thing I know. Sabrina, I think, was the last thing I saw that used that audio. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that movie, or show rather, probably has an extremely, extremely orders of magnitude higher budget than this film yes. franchise. Uh, so anyway, the... Eight movies that compromise The Howling uh, go from 1981 until, I think, 03 for that Comprise. last boy. Yeah, what did I say? Compromise. Oh, I did. Uh, sometimes the brain doesn't work. So the, the last one is a 2011 picture. What's the... And w- before that, we got what year? I think it's 03. I think there's a big gap. Oh, I, well, I thought it was like a 90s movie. I thought we were talking a reboot kind of gap. No, Howling New... Oh, you're right. Howling New Moon Rising is 95. So we take a long time off and then somebody... Oh, wow. At, some guy who's chomping a cigar in, uh, you know, whatever studio is like, we own the rights to The Howling, right? Let's make another one of those pictures. People love The Howling. The Howling's got great heat. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It has no heat. We only keep the rights to The Howling if we make a new one before 2011 is over, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so this one turns 30 this year. This specific one. Yes. So happy, happy anniversary to the howling. It happened back in, I want to say April, give or take. Uh, the internet is not clear on when this movie came out because it was direct to video. The internet does not care about this movie and neither should you, I, I guess. Right. No, probably not. Uh, it is streaming on prime, but I will tell you that there is a higher quality rip of it on YouTube just called howling five colon the rebirth Blu-ray rip, because I was trying to find a piece of audio that I will lay in the show later and will make my explanation of Andrew's little intro a little better. Uh, that is uh, something that you will understand then. But I found this and I was like, huh, this looks better than the one I got for le- got legally. Yep, it does. So we start with the we start with a really long credit sequence of like a lot of black and wind. Black, I wrote, nothing. oh, boy, this is already terrible. Yes. Uh, we got titles on screen. Um, one thing to note about this movie, very low budget. So low budget, in fact, that the director who's Neil Sundstrom, which has uh, umlauts over the O. He doesn't get his umlauts. And then one of the actors, uh, Joseph Madras, who plays Peter, has a, a accent over the O, and Joseph uh, also gets no accent mark. So a movie with a budget so low, they couldn't afford the special characters. They just had to give them the plain letters. Which a budget so a movie with a budget so low, they couldn't afford werewolves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rather, let me ad- amend that. A werewolf movie with a budget so low, they couldn't afford werewolves. Yes. Uh, really big disappointment on that front. But what I was was going to say is one of the characters in this movie, uh, Mary Lou Summers, is played by Elizabeth Shea. And I thought it said Elizabeth Shue for a second. Me too. And I was, one, deeply confused as to why she was doing direct-to-video howling movies in 89. And two, super excited until I had the immediate realization that, nope, that says Shea, which is not what I wanted. 
Yeah, I was so excited. I was like, oh, maybe I won't hate all of this. And then it wasn't her. It was um, not. But we start on a with a zoom on a rocking cradle, and the the intro credits to Are You Afraid of the Dark are scarier than this. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Uh, we're seeing a lot of dead bodies. We get a title card that tells us it's Budapest in the 1800s. I think it's like 1849. No, it's the 1400s. 1400s, sorry. Wait. I thought it was 1849. Yeah, no, it's 1489 because this is 1989. Yes. It's 500 year gap. You are correct. Yes. They do say 500 years later. Um, and all these people are dead and dying. And then this man as starts. They're, as they're like panning across the like dead bodies, it'll be like thunderclap black screen with a name on it. And then continue panning again and thunderclap black screen with a name on it. And it reminded me, it felt like the intro to a VHS follow along board game. Are you familiar with those? You mean like a like a play with a TV type deal? Kind of. Like there's one a famous one called uh, Nightmare from Atmosphere. Okay. You like it's an hour long tape and you put it on and then the guy, this guy talks to you and you like play the game and then randomly he'll pop up on the screen and be like whoever just rolled the dice has to go to the dungeon. <laughs> All right, I like it. Yeah, and so it's like Cheaply made and like a little spook, like playfully spoopy, I should say. Uh huh. Very similar feeling. Okay. So this guy starts screaming, like, We died in vain. The baby's alive. The baby's alive. And then we yep. cut to black. Cool. Because a woman brings a baby and we think it's dead because they like toss it to the, like, she like tosses it over her shoulder. Yeah. Like she's Rachel Ray throwing like an onion skin to the trash yeah, can. Yeah. Or the salt. Yeah. She's like, Oops. And then they're like, We have to kill each other. So he stabs her with a comically large sword and then flips her around and stabs himself and then the baby's still alive and he's like oh no yeah whoops didn't kill the baby uh remember the lesson in this movie is always kill the baby which honestly if you've listened to the podcast usually my motto yeah no you're not wrong so we smash cut to modern times and this is where the problems start uh we're only four minutes into the movie all of the dialogue in this movie sounds like a situation where someone who didn't speak English poorly was later redubbed by another actor. Oh, you think? No, I don't. But for some reason, the audio is mixed that way. Like It's very ADR'd. But like, I don't know if you've ever seen, and I don't know why you would have, but there's a uh, Lou Ferrigno movie where he plays Hercules. <laughs> no, but okay. I should. Uh, you shouldn't. It's almost unwatchable. Um, we did it for a bad movie night with my friends a few years back. Is he shirtless? I mean, yeah, of course. Okay, I can, I can, I can. He's just I can put it on green. mute. I can put it on mute. There's like, it's a like couple watching Mamma Mia. Watch it on mute. It's a great movie. <laughs> there's a couple funny scenes. Like at one point, he uh, there's like a legend of Hercules that some constellation is in the sky because Hercules threw the thing there, like a bull or a yeah. bear or something. Is it the bear? Is it Ursa Minor? Ursa Major? No, one th- of those. I think it's. I don't think it's a bear. I think it's I think Hercules the movie the cartoon did that. I think he threw a bear into the sky. Okay, well then that would be what it was. Or, no, yeah, not a bear, but he threw something into the sky. Okay, so anyway, there's a scene where Lou Ferrigno does that, and it's very funny. But because Lou Ferrigno has like such a heavy speech impediment is maybe the wrong word, but it's difficult to understand Lou Ferrigno. I'll say, um, I think he's deaf. Oh, so is he? Is? I couldn't tell you. I let my Lou, my Lou Ferrigno fan club membership lapse, so. I feel like we talked about this when we did that Hulk movie. I think Lou Ferrigno is deaf, and that's why he speaks that way. I mean. Maybe um, partially deaf? Yeah, I'm trying to look it up while we're talking. But in any case, I think anybody who knows Lou Ferrigno knows it is difficult to hear him. Yes, uh, he lost 75 to 80% of his hearing when he was a child due to ear infections. So Damn. he, yeah. So he's very hard to understand, which I, I you know, I empathize with that's a more tough for Lou than for the people listening to him but because of that they had another actor do all the dialogue but like Lou set all the lines on set so it's like very odd like just watching that doesn't make sense especially because you're like I know what this guy sounds like I don't know what any of these actors sound like but all of the dialogue it's kind of like what they did with that um the like fourth or the third fourth or fifth Terminator where they showed that like they're like oh look they like showed the original that ter- them making the T eight hundred. Is that the Arnold one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like showed them making that, and he like turned to the camera and he sounded like, "Hi there, yes, it's nice to meet you." And they yeah. were like, "Something has to be done about that voice. That's yeah. terrible." 
that's actually a deleted scene from Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Congratulations, you know something no one gives a shit about. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's what it, it's uh, a little, little Easter egg is what that is. Um, anyway, we cut to these people and this guy has a camera and this woman is jogging and he suddenly like turns around to start snapping pics right in her face. And she is it like, seems, at first it seems like it's a photo shoot because right. she's like walking and kind of like rolling, like chuckling to herself as he's snapping a photo. And I was like, oh, it's some photo shoot. And then within seconds, she's like, do you mind? And he goes, oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought I knew you. Like, what? Which he did. He did know her. He did. But also, like, how about, like, a, hey, aren't you so-and-so? Not just, like, click, 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 click. Yeah. So this movie is an ensemble movie. Yes. But they don't bother introducing you to anyone by name. No, it's brutal. And later they start calling each other by name. And it's like, did you all introduce each other off screen? Because (laughs) we did not get the benefit of this. There were 10 people, right? Yeah, it's a 10. It's literally it's 10 little Indians is what this is. And I'm just like, which a much better story. Well, obviously. Agatha Christie. You could literally take that story and put it in this movie and just make them all werewolves who keep transitioning in and out. And it's I thought that's what we were going to get. Yeah, me too. I thought that's what we were going to get. And I was really excited to be like, oh, it's an enjoyable plot. That's kind of a fun mystery. Um, actually, and that show is called, and then there were none now Well, to that, be respectful. Yeah. I think that's makes a lot of sense. I know. I was just letting you know. No, no, no. I, I just, I, I was like, I read that book. I knew that title of the book, but I think it's fine to change the title to be more sensitive. I think that's totally fine because it doesn't have anything to do with native American it's, people. It doesn't. It's, it's just, just it that old every... nursery rhymey thing. Yeah. Which was even worse the first time. Yeah. Um, I do want to uh, – I, I, we're going off on Tangent City, but I, I, I had written this down here because this is where I first got bored. Um, <laughs> this movie is written by two gentlemen, one named Clive Turner, the other named Freddie Rowe. And they were the co-writers of Howling 4 and Howling 5. And then one of them, I believe Clive Turner, but don't hold me to that, came back and wrote Howling 7. He's like, he took a one movie off, and then he's like, no, I'll come back. I'll write you I can fix howling. this franchise. Yeah, exactly. What have you done to my beloved howling, late-stage howling movies? Let me get this back on track. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty delightful. Uh, so, after the photographers, we go to a, a hotel, and these people are checking in, and this guy sits down. And he starts hitting on this woman who is... He instantly establishes himself as the worst human. Yes. Like, capital T, capital W, capital H... TM, the worst human. I agree, but I also appreciate the fact that he identifies himself by his occupation because as someone trying to take notes for a podcast, I could be like, tennis guy. And I was hoping he would have a racket with him, kind of like Jim yeah, Cornette I need, from old pro wrestling. Not the case. I need Barbie doll rules. Absolutely. I need very clear establishing accessories and costumes that tell me what your job is or a signifying color so that I can tell you all apart because rather than write tall handsome man long-haired handsome man yes so he like has his adidas bag that i want it's like vibrant neon colors yeah no it's pretty great it's the only thing in this movie that has any color yes everyone else is like brown cream gray fried beans yes exactly a plate of refried beans yes yes with a dollop of sour cream cheese on top yeah um he sits down next to this woman and's like, hey, is this seat taken? And when she doesn't answer because she has headphones in, he reaches over, pulls out the headphones and goes, is this seat taken? Hey, buddy, that's a one-way ticket to Throat Punch Town. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to you if I have my headphones in. And if you take them out of my head, I'm considering this assault. Unless you're yeah. like, literally, you're not wearing pants, sir. What are you doing? Yes. That is the only the only acceptable time to pull someone's headphone out of their ear is they're in immediate danger or they're not wearing pants and they don't know it or they don't seem to know it. <laughs> I have a feeling you know you're not wearing pants. Well, I know I'm, saying, I'm not I'm, wearing I'm, pants. That's I'm, like I'm my saying, that's my uniform when I'm at home is no I, pants. I feel like you can look at the face of a person who is not wearing pants and be like, is this person participating in one of those weird New York City improv things? Or did this person forget to put pants on and is going to work now? Are they the only one who RSVP'd yes to the Facebook event? Yes. So I think it's like a matter of like shoe and sock 
set up vis-a-vis pants versus no pants if you got okay. dress shoes and your socks are pulled up you're like this person forgot their pants but they're just in a flip-flop you're like i'm not gonna bother because they seem to know what they're doing yeah or if you are a handsome celebrity on my favorites list then you can take my <laughs> head on that but like this just happened to me uh, you know i'm commuting to work via public transport now i'm taking the subway and it's like People constantly trying to accost you to, to deal with stuff. I was walking back after work yesterday, headphones on. I made like the faintest of eye contact with this guy, which I guess was my mistake. mistake. Yep. And it was like a, it was like, you make eye contact with a lot of pedestrians. And it was mostly like a, you know, I'm going to the right, making sure I, you know, intentions were known so we wouldn't bump into each other. And he like starts talking to me and then he reached his hand out to block my way. And I just like had to like give him like a, a, a old football move and like, <laughs> like lift yeah. his hand. Cause I was like, I don't, don't touch me. And I just did like a little, little shimmy and I raised my elbow and kind of bumped his hand up. And I was like, Nope, like deflected. But like I had my headphones in, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I don't I care know. what you're doing. I'm trying to go home. It's five 30. Leave me alone. So I have the issue now that my work uniform is scrubs because I work in a medical facility. And so turns out, and normally my like MO is like head down, kind of a scowl. No one, like, I don't want people to engage with me. But when you're wearing scrubs, people instantly assume that you are an approachable person who likes to talk and help people. Right. So that's just a thing I have to deal with. I go to Target after work and I'm like, got my bag of stuff, got my head down. And someone's like... Do you know what that restaurant is across the street? <laughs> Uh-oh. I think you've got the mom. You're, this is this is the part where you've revealed that mom gave you the werewolf gene and it's now coming out. And then, like, people are just going to approach you to talk to you forever. This is the start. This is what's happened. It's yeah, not the this, clothes. It's you've reached the age. This woman, I'm walking out, I'm literally, like, head down, kind of a scowl. All black scrubs, by the way. Walking fast with purpose to my car. And she's like... Do you know what kind of restaurant the Halal Guys is? That's H-A-L-A-L Guys. And I was like, gonna guess it's Indian food. If I had to venture a guess, it's Indian food. And she was like, oh, that makes sense. And they tried to tell a joke. And I was like, bye. It's usually vaguely Middle Eastern stuff, like without a specific country of origin. Oh, really? Kebabs and things like that. Okay. But yeah, I was like, context clues, ma'am. <laughs> I just like how like this is what Yelp is for. Use your phone. Stop bothering people. Yes. Yeah, but I think this is it. This is like you know how in Harry Potter when he like realizes he can accidentally do magic. This is you. Oh, because like the uh, the the snake cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that was your first moment, and now it has come awake in you, and you have the mom gene. We're just like strangers are gonna cost you forever. I'm like that commercial for that car insurance, home insurance. Have you seen I, that one? No, I don't see commercials anymore. It's actually a really good one. It's talking about how people turn into their parents, and it's oh, people, yeah, this is you. People, this, yeah. this is like your your werewolfing is now people are going to talk to you in public. Yes, um, but anyways, so this guy, this a hole, pulls this woman's headphones out to ask her if he can sit next to her, and she's like, "You're already sitting there, man. So cool." It's it's kind of a moot point at this point, and. This is where I thought she was going to be my favorite character in the movie. Because in this few, it feels like she's negging him. Right. Because he's like, I mean, you know me. I'm so-and-so. And And she's like, what? And he's like, the tennis player. And she's like, it's good to have hobbies. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was pretty delightfully righteous or uh, vicious. And he's clearly like a professional trying to use his clout. And she's like, well, if you're unemployed, it's important to have hobbies. And I'm like, oh my god, I love this girl. But then, no, she was just actually stupid. Yeah. Which was a bummer. Well, no, she's she later is like immediately after that is like, it's hard to sound stupid. I'm just very good at it. Well, because she I don't know. I feel like they didn't sell it enough or like wasn't written well enough. Shocking to show that she was in. She was like purposely doing a lot of stuff because later it seems like she was just like dumb. I mean, I don't want to jump too far to the end of the movie, but. Yes, obviously that, but I feel like that I feel like they like gave us something in the beginning, gave us nothing in the middle, and then at the end we're like, "Oh, by the way." Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. Um so this is my I mean, there are many problems with this movie, but one of the big problems I have is like, and this is a problem with and then there were none as a story too in that it's like 
everybody clusters and then everybody splits all the way out and then everybody clusters and everybody splits all the way out and then everybody clusters. And it's like, after the first couple people start disappearing, nobody should go off alone. And yet everybody seems just like to have a good time with this. Yeah. I wrote later that this movie is just full of stupid people making stupid decisions. Like no one is smart in this movie. And that's what like, like horror movies work because you have one or two really smart people trying while people die around them right. and this was just dumb people making dumb decisions so everybody gets on this bus and we start driving out to this castle because they're like they all got specially invited to come see this castle for various reasons there's uh, some ripoff haunted mansion music yes i will say the one small thing i want to give this movie credit for is so often with cheap movies that are being filmed in uh you know former soviet bloc countries or you know <laughs> Well, th- I mean, most direct-to-DVD stuff these days is filmed in, like, Budapest and, like, all that. Maybe maybe I, I'm going to do a quick Google. I didn't know that. I just, I just thought that was a very specific genre. No, it's like a... It's um, a tax incentive thing. What's the, what's the Hispanic actress who was dating Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock? Oh, oh, that would be From Dusk Till Dawn. And Selma Hayek. Sp- thank you. All right. Selma Hayek was in this movie. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So let me look this up. So Selma Hayek was in this movie, Everly. Uh, and I just remember hearing, I was at the time I was listening to the podcast that the director did, not necessarily about the movie, but um, they filmed that in Serbia, which is what I was trying to make reference to. It's like when these, uh, they're like, Central European, um, you know, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria. Often they shoot movies in these places because they're dirt cheap. And then they try to pretend it's New York City, which is like, it never works. Like that just doesn't ever work on anybody. So the small props I have for this movie is like, hey, this movie takes place in Budapest. And it's because we're shooting it in Budapest. So like when we drive around, it's just in Budapest. And it makes a huge difference for like believability. Although I will say I recently watched the Black Mirror episode with Miley Cyrus um, and it's like set in L.A. And then I found out it was filmed in like Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, that doesn't surprise. I mean, it can be done. You can definitely fool people. You know what I mean? New York's just a hard one. Yeah, but also just like, you know, Supernatural has filmed in Vancouver for 15 years and the early seasons of that show, like every episode was a different place, including like Baltimore and stuff like that. And for the most part, you're just like, yeah, all right, that's that's what it says. It is sure. I, I don't know. So I appreciated that in this cheap movie that they were not like, oh, we're, you know, it's like very much the Rod- Robert Rodriguez school of filmmaking idea of just like use the things you have to add production value. So it's like. You know, when he was making his first movie, writing his first movie, he's like, I have a friend with a tortoise, so I'm going to write the tortoise into the movie because I think that will be cool. And it was like, yeah. Like that, an animal? Like yeah, the yeah, animal yeah. the tortoise? There's a scene in uh, El Mariachi where uh, they have a severed head on the back of a tortoise and it like walks through the frame and it's like real nasty, but it's like, I have a tortoise, so I'm writing this cool shot into the movie because I know that I have a tortoise. I like that. So in this movie, it's like we have a cool castle and the Serbian or not Serbia. Where are we? Budapest. Uh, We have this Budapest countryside. So let's drive through the countryside and show it. And there's actually some cool shots. There's like a big helicopter shot of the bus driving by and stuff. Uh, But as they get on the bus and they're driving to this castle, they hit something. And then there's like two people are having this like fight in another language. The people on the bus can't understand what it is. And then they decide to just drive off, which is kind of a weird move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as they're driving there, they, they hit, they hit something and the guy goes, Oh, it must've been an animal. Yeah. And so when we get to the castle, they like try and treat this. There's this one woman, Gail, um, one of two names I learned in this stupid movie, um, gets out and like goes over to the front bumper of the bus and it's got blood on it and it's a little dented and she touches it and she's like, they treat it as though it's this like shocking, suspicious revelation. And I was like. They said they hit an ant. Like, we hit something. They said it's an animal. Now there's blood on the bumper. Like, this... Why, what are we doing here? Totally normal and logical. This is, like, a very, very logical thing. Yeah. So we get introduced to the caretakers of the estate, and they're like, oh, none of them speak English. So, of course, the person who's introducing themselves to the, the caretakers is like, it's very nice to meet you. Just like, ugh, you stupid idiot. 
No, just just use charades. Just do charades. Everyone understands charades. Exactly. So um, they, they dump everybody off for cocktails, and then the staff disappears. Yeah, and there's... So earlier in the, at the hotel bar, this, like... I guess she was like a mean woman. She like wasn't she wasn't nice. That was her whole character was trying to order a drink. And this guy like tried to help her and like point to a drink on the menu that she was trying to order. And she like snapped at him. And then later, they're obviously at the Drat Castle together. Right. And they like ask him a question about like, oh, what do you think about like first appearances? And the woman like makes some snap to him. And he's like, well, I thought you at first appearance, I thought you were a nice person, so clearly they're not right. And she's like, that man's incorrigible. And I was like, he's not hit on you once. Yeah, and also you were a big asshole to him. Like, Yeah, that was confusing. And this this movie spends the whole time being like, like if there's a line in the sand between camp and not camp, it's like laying down doing like snow angels <laughs> at the line. Yes, like the, the splitting their head and between their butt cheeks. Yeah, it's like, I'm kind of touching camp, but I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah, this movie either needs to be 50% sillier or 50% gorier, and it is neither, and it sucks. (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. It's a werewolf movie. It's like, at least Jaws the Revenge. Was that the fourth one? The Revenge? Yeah. That's like all shark. (laughs) Jaws the psychic psychic trip to the Caribbean. Right, right. Like does a bunch of the close-up shark attacks but like at least that thing jumps out of the water like fully out of the water it takes down an airplane you see the mechanical piston that it's attached to like yes like i want that we're at a late stage howling movie it's howling five we've done this four times already technically actually this is a mid-stage because there's eight of these stupid movies right right but yeah it's like uh, the idea, the the interesting thing I think about this, uh, interesting in quotes probably, is like there's a couple ways you go as your movies get dumber, and it's like in this in the 80s, which we tread in mostly, like the late stage sequel comedies become like almost porn. There's just like so much nudity in them, and it okay. kind of, it kind of is the same thing with the horror stuff. It's like you get either gorier or nudier. Like that's sort of the direction it takes, or both, I guess. But this one, it's like. Okay, what are people coming to a Howling movie for? Oh, I got it. Lots of naked women. So it's like we get three, two, two or three scenes of, of just completely unneeded nudity. And not that I have any problem with nudity, like as someone who was raised before the internet, like seeing breasts in a movie is still sort of exciting to me because it's like that was that was just not. That was also the, the hard limit. That was the hard line. Right. But also for, just like for when mom's I was, censorship. Yes. But when I was growing up, like that was, you know, the only way you saw naked people. And now it's like, you know, all these teens and, and adults alike. It's just like you have literally unfettered access to. You can't you know, open Instagram without a butt. Right. So I'm not saying I'm like totally opposed to movie nudity, but in a movie like this, it's just like, oh, let's get this woman naked. And as you know, but it's not even a lot. Like it's not even super. It's not even like gratuitous gratuitous right you're just like okay so two see like one woman was like getting out of the shower and one other woman got into a bath and i was right. like but what so, I- like we need to like a, a 10 like 10 hundred percent more <laughs> yes crank it up we need more something and this this movie's so middling that's right. the problem exactly and the other thing is like the guy is in the bath first so he doesn't show any of his body off and it's like okay Let's be equitable. If this woman's getting naked, let me see this dude's butt or chest. Like, come on. Give the lady something at least, to look at. At least Arnold showed his butt in right, Terminators. Right. Exactly. Give give the folks into dudes something to look at. Let's not be all like, you know, oh, it's got to be female nudity only. Like, come on. Equality in the nudity is what I'm saying. This is my yeah. campaign slogan. Equality cool. in the nudity. Also, they get into a, a hot bath and it would be the grossest thing in the world. Yeah, no. This, this castle's been sealed up for 500 years. This yes. is al- allegedly the first time anyone's been in it in 500 years. And they're like, let's get in this hot spring. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Although if it was naturally occurring and the water was moving, it would probably be fine. But it looks more like a bathtub. It does. Yeah. But so there's other- Do you want necrotizing fasciitis? Yes. Because this is how you get necrotizing fasciitis. Exactly. We jumped a little bit, but we do at this point, like everyone explains why they're here. 
So like everybody does like a quick recap. It's like basically when you uh, go to a conference and they're like break into small groups and everybody introduce yourself and say one fun fact about you. Except nobody here uses names or wears a name tag, which would make this so much easier to digest. It's like it's trying to be Clue, where they're like, "Yes, you Clue is an ensemble movie that clearly establishes who everyone is." Both through their costume, but also through their backstory. Like, we take the time to be like, I'm Mrs. White. I was married to a senator. Yes. Da 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 da. So, we learn that this is a werewolf castle, allegedly, that there was like, you know, werewolf activity here. And then. And apparently, werewolves, the legend of werewolves started in Transylvania, which I've never fucking heard in my life. I thought that seemed odd, but it wasn't like like alarm bells. But now that you say it, it's like, yeah, I'm not sure that that's true. Although, no. I mean, here's the thing. I was in Monsters as a kid. I, re- I read a lot of monster book, like monster lore books as a kid. That was never a thing in my books. Okay. It was Roma- It was like Romania. Like, that's always the okay, like. Okay, okay. The mo- even the man who is pure of heart will turn to the wolf or like whatever. That yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we also try to like figure out at this point like who's gonna bone, who's gonna pair off, and and how that all that's gonna work. Who's gonna we, die first? Right. Which we later find out is incest, which is fun. They're all is related. It? Oh, I guess they are all related. I didn't <laughs> think about them being technically real. I thought they just had the mark. I didn't realize they no, were. No, they're all related. they're all blood related, which is crazy. Distantly, I guess. Yeah, like, but still, and like it's not like they know, but also like ew, why is this in yeah. the movie? Like the, they don't know, but the writers knew, and they still chose to do this. I mean, I guess I was gonna say Luke and Leia kissed, but he didn't know that, right? But again, that is a legitimate knock on Star Wars. It's like you knew that they were gonna be brother and sister later. No, I don't think. I genuinely don't think he did. Oh. I don't think he thought that far ahead. No, you're probably right. I mean, that he feels, was like feels red equals right. bad, blue equals good. <laughs> Death grip. <laughs> I once saw my wife in the car and the dog was in the front seat and I was like, oh, that'd be cool if there was like a guy who was a pilot and he had a dog friend. That's true. Yeah. That's a real fact. I'm not making Wait, that really? Up. That's not a bit. That oh. is literally why Chewbacca exists. Oh, I was going to do another bit, but I've that that's that slayed me. I'm too done. <laughs> um. So then it's like, okay, let's all just take take off on our own and wander this castle. Sure. Why not? And I thought we were going to get like a reason. I thought we were going to get like a Mr. Body speech to bring the clue reference back of like, or is Mr. Body dead? I'm even thinking of Tim Curry anyway, but just like someone being like Tim Curry's Wadsworth. Yeah. But like, I, is Mr. Body alive in the beginning? Somebody gives the big speech. Yeah. that's like, here's Mr. why you're Body, here. Mr. Body does. And okay. then he dies when the lights go out. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, that's what I wanted here is, like, I wanted this, this is almost a Scooby-Doo episode, and I wanted it to be, like, if whoever can stay the night in this haunted werewolf castle gets to keep it, like. That's already a movie, is I, The Haunting of Hill House I or know, whatever. but this is or a Or the werewolf. other one that sounds similar. But, no, it's not, it's, I think it's, I think it's The House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. Yeah. But uh, in with any the, case. With, the, with this lady? Yes, this the freeze frame uh, creepy lady. Uh, I saw that at Blobfest a few years ago, and they did like all the fun dumb stuff. They like <gasps> they, they with Skeletvision. Yes, they brought skeletons out into the theater during the skeleton parts, and it was delightful. Uh, uh, I want to watch stupid Nick Castle stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, not it's not William Nick Castle? Castle. William Castle. Nick Castle's the guy who played the shape in Halloween. You're right. William Castle's what I meant. Yes. Um, also there's a Joe Dante movie starring John Goodman as like sort of William Castle that I just heard about called Matinee that I've never seen before, but I think you would also probably enjoy. Yeah. Good to know. Anyway, I wanted it to be like the werewolf version of that. You know, it's like, there's a werewolf. Maybe if you survive, you get the house. There we go. And then it's a, actually April fool's day. And there turns out it was all at testing out the, the haunted castle experience. No, that's a different movie also that we watched That's what for I this said. podcast april fool's day oh okay uh, isn't that it no yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um so the professor who's like hey i actually know things about this castle it disappeared basically from history i'm gonna go explore he dies yeah um but the the tim curry guy the tim curry figure is like the professor went away and there's a blizzard we can't go after him that sucks yes and instantly everyone's like, the professor would never have walked into the storm like this. And I was like, you don't know each <laughs> you other. You met him a bus ride ago. <laughs> like, 
They're not best friends. What do you mean he would never? Who knows what he would do? There's plenty of stupid professors. Yeah, so they're trapped. And also, uh, wait, I you cannot rush past this because this is my favorite part of the movie. The professor gets killed and we get the first of these music stings, which I will drop in uh, right here. But to my ear, it sounds like Santo. Stavros! Santo. <laughs> it's complete it's, and utter nonsense. It's just a ripoff of like um, the Omen music. Yes, it is very omeny, but it just, it was like this very specific, it's a choral sting, and it's like, Santo Stavros, and I just, I couldn't stop giggling every time it happened, because it was so dumb, and then I started thinking, wait, I don't know any of these characters' names, is there a Stavros, like, is this theme music for a character in this movie named Santo Stavros, which, like, could be a name, right? It could be... That sounds Greek. Yeah. a Greek name. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, is the vampire Santo Stavros, and if so, is this a clue? Yes, werewolf. I'm uh, getting my, my creatures mixed up. But then I spent the whole, like, from this point forward, like, trying to figure out who was Stavros because I didn't know any of their names. And obviously there is no Stavros, but it was like, oh, this movie just got so interesting that they gave the bad guy a theme song like this. Yeah. So every time someone dies by a werewolf, by a smash cut cl- crash zoom werewolf, they play this musical sting and the screen goes black. And I was like... It feels like it's supposed to be like like in that Snowplow Man movie. Yes. How ever, someone dies and they're like, this is their name. And then a little tombstone with like R.I.P. or whatever the hell. I don't remember. A representation of their religion. Yeah. Okay. Like it feels like it should be like someone died. And it's like the professor and then like a pair of glasses or right, something. Right. Right. But no, we get none of that. It's just a black screen. Yeah. Um. So we find out the mean lady from the from earlier is sleeping with this guy who has what I thought was a much older wife that I thought was his mother when we first met her. <laughs> um, and then uh, Gail is talking to, I think it's the long ponytail haired guy, the, the songwriter. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I, apparently Gail was in Rolling Stone magazine. So does that mean she's also a musician of some kind? I thought she was a writer, but I couldn't quite figure it out. The movie didn't tell us. Um, and so she's like, the professor didn't leave. His coat is still on the coat rack. And I was like, and she was like, I'll go get it for you. And I was like, well, now it's gone. But also, like, we didn't see her discover that. Right. We just see her tell him and then go to the coat rack. And obviously, it's not going to be there anymore. Right. But I and thought it was setting up that, like, oh, maybe Gail. I thought it was supposed to be like, oh, maybe Gail's the werewolf. And now she's trying to get this guy alone, but that wasn't it because then we see her go look for the coat and it's like, well, why don't you show me her find the coat the first time? Like, this is so Because now she just doesn't find it because, duh. This game also, like, have you ever played the board, the card game, board game, One Night Ultimate Werewolf? I mean, I've played Werewolf and Mafia. Yeah, it's very similar to that, although I like the gimmick of this card game because it codifies the rules a little bit better, but it's basically like you get a group of people and there's enough cards to give everybody roles and they have different things they do during the night that they can do. It's, it's quite a fun game. Um, I like yeah, it a lot. We, it's a party game, but we did the, uh, werewolf was similar with, you had a psychic, we had a witch. Yeah. It's, it's the same as that. It's just done in a way that like no one has to remember the rules, which is why okay. I like it. Um, you can play it while you're drunk because it's like, you know, apprentice seer, open your eyes and it, like tells you what to do. Um, but this movie is so much like that childhood game that, like, you know, that you're trying to figure out who the werewolf is and the werewolf is trying to get people alone. Except we don't get any of the fun parts as the audience because there's, like, two or three times when the person who's being about to get killed speaks to the werewolf, but it gives us no clues as to who they are. They do a couple POV no. shots, uh, but that doesn't help. But all the POV shots are from, like, a seven-foot ladder. Yes, exactly, because they're supposed to be a human still, but it's the werewolf height because the werewolf is huge. But the most egregious problem of this movie is like, show me the werewolf eating a thing for crying out loud. Show me a transformation. Like, that's what I'm here for. And like, I don't need a transformation. Those are the most expensive things on a werewolf to do. And like, you're never going to be better than American Werewolf in London. Point blank, period. But like, just show me the werewolf, the, the fully transformed, like make a transformed werewolf look. Right. Have it eat something. 
Yeah, and also, like, not for nothing, but this movie came out eight years after American Werewolf in London. The price of these things goes down over time. So, like, call, I agree. call Rick Baker and be like, do you still have those molds? Can we get a copy? You know what I mean? Like, how hard is that? Or from the first Howling movie? Right. Presumably, that's also something you have access to. You know, the four movies ago in this friggin' franchise? Right, right. Um. So, the guy... Oh, we forgot to mention that Gail, someone was like creeping on her in a room while she was changing behind yes. the wall. Yeah, so there's, she's, there's often people like peeking through the wall somehow in this movie. Yeah. So she's like, hey, you look for a hole, in the, like a, a, a sneaky exit from this room and I'll go get the coat. And the guy, the, the songwriter finds the hole in the wall, goes inside and it shuts on him. And I was like, oh, he's going to die. Yeah. And then she comes in the room and he's looking through a crack not saying a word right you'd think he'd be banging on the wall like hey let me out of here hey, the button's over there yeah yeah, like, yeah put the candle back yeah exactly like come on yeah and instead he silently looks through a crack as she gets murdered by a werewolf and i was like she's not the final girl yeah yeah i was stunned that gail got off so quickly but also you neglected to mention that when the professor or the musician rather is trying to find this secret passageway he throws an empty beer can and then when he starts to walk to the beer can it literally plays scooby-doo like boom 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 Boom, yeah, boom, it's boom, Scooby Doo's all over this place, and he's like, you know, hiding against the wall and whatnot. Meanwhile, the two people there's also have gone something to the spa. that they, yeah, the people in the spot. He's the guy. It's the the guy and the girl that we, I said thought was like a smart bitch, but she's just kind of dumb a little bit. They're like naked in the bath spring, and he's like, "Oh wow, you have the same birthmark as me." And as he extends his arm, they play this like ominous like, mm-hmm. and. The camera lingers on his birthmark for mm, 0.01 seconds. Yeah. And it's just an upside down triangle. Like, it doesn't look like anything. I was like, you can't give me the musical sting to tell me this is important. And then, like, gloss out, like, hand wave it. Like, let me look at it. You said this is important. Right. Also, I don't want to neglect to mention that when the musician, when Gail gets killed, we do get a Santo Stavros. No, I said that happens every time someone dies. Okay, I know. I just wanted to make sure I emphasized it. It's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so then the guy and the the musician in the wall is wandering around, falls down for no reason other than the movie says he falls down. Right. Onto one of the lamest dead bodies we've seen on this show. Yeah. There's one decent like neck wound later, but this one is not cool at all. No, one of the people with a neck wound is straight up swallowing. Yes. Later. Yeah. I was like, I'm watching your whole throat move. Yeah. You're you're like, this is not the take to use. And we keep harping on this, on the like a hole tennis player being like, man, that that stupid girl won't sleep with me. And I was like, why do I care about that? Like, right. You aren't endearing. Yeah, I don't like you, and this conflict means nothing to me. You're not ducky. And- like I'm not. I don't give a shit about you. And then later, I find out that this would have been incest anyway. Well, yes. Um, there's also a famous like uh, Eastern European actress. I. The character is a famous European actress. Like yeah, yeah. she herself is not. I mean, she might be, but I don't know. And her face kind of reminds me of Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one who the one woman keeps calling old? Yes. Okay. The the bitchy girl, the one that I think is a smart bitch, keeps being like, "I love, I love old movies. You're so talented." Yeah, it's pretty fabulous. And I was like, I thought that they keep hinting that the because the werewolf woman the. The actress woman keeps being like, things are not always what they seem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always put on the front and pretend to be somebody else. And I was like, oh, should I hope she's not the werewolf because this is too obvious. Right, right. Uh, so the musician ends up working his way outside for some reason. And we get one of the cool effects of the movie where he's like wandering through the snow, trying to figure out how to get back in. He's kind of running away. He heard the werewolf. It's the end of the shining, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a mazy thing. And then the werewolf like explodes out of the wall, which I was really excited about. But then we cut after the wall blows open. So we don't even get to see the wolf here. Like you just never get the werewolf in this movie. No, it's a lot of werewolf blue balls. And so um, this is where the photographer, I think it's the photographer, the tennis player. Yes, it is. And... And the butler, which sounds like a weird joke set up. The count. Yeah, the count, whatever. Um, they, like, f- discover this tunnel system, 
and the the photographer picks up a bloody watch and he's like i think this was the professor's don't pick up a bloody watch dude right now that blood's in your hands and you've tainted the evidence yes bloodborne pathogen there's also a weird thing here where one of the caretaker people destroys the film in the guy's camera which i don't understand why happens in the movie other than to confuse the audience it's the yes that's 100 percent it because well later we find out that they think the photographer is the werewolf right but and i was like why did they break his camera why do they think he's the werewolf they because don't explain you that either the quiet one that's that's not a real reason that's <laughs> that's just lazy writing i know but that's literally the the established lore in the movie is like oh you always blame the quiet one I, whatever um so they're like we have to go into the tunnels to find gail and the musician and the professor i guess um and the guy's like we will use chalk to mark the walls so we know which way we were going and i was like or just use a rope like let's minotaur this yeah tie yeah. a rope around my waist i'll go in and I was just like, don't you guys know you put your left hand on the left wall? Thank you, Ronald McDonald. That's right. Uh, camping. Oh, it's a camp. It's a spooky camp video. Yeah. Uh, scared silly. Yes. It's scared silly. Uh, the Klasky Supo Ronald McDonald directed VHS films from McDonald's. Directed Happy Meal videos. <laughs> we sold these exclusively to Happy Meal consumers. Yeah. It's, they're on YouTube in their entirety and they're a fun watch. They hold up. Uh, I think there's a whole podcast about them, actually. No. Really? Yeah, I think I sent it to you long ago, and they had already done that one, which I would have wanted to guest on. There's only like five of those videos, I thought. Well, maybe they expanded the, to other things. I don't know. The mythos? Yeah. So they decided to split up into search parties, and the the dude who's boning the mean doctor who had the older wife, they're like talking, and she's mad at him for not wanting to immediately you know, explore these dark, creepy, murderous sewers right. to find people they just met a couple hours ago. And he's like, oh, I guess I'm Judas Iscariot now. And I was like, dude, you can just say Judas. Like, yeah. it's like saying Hitler. Like, right. we know who you're talking about. Exactly. You're being There's one big one. You're being pretentious. Um, And so as they're, uh, then we cut to what's the dumb girl, Mary Lou, I want to say her name was. Yeah, I believe Mary Lou is the dumb one. Mary Lou and the tennis player, and he's just constantly making jokes for no reason. Uh, and then she's like, there's something behind us smudging away the uh, the arrows, which actually, spoiler alert, was probably just her. Yeah. And like, now that I think about it, like she was, he was in front and she was behind, right. so she easily could have done that. Yeah. Which I would wish the movie would have pointed out late, like when we did, I wish we had our psych recap of things from a different angle right right it's it's just like the movie's more fun if the audience is constantly trying to figure out who it is even if they end up letting the audience know a little bit ahead of the characters which generally is not the best idea i don't think but uh, this movie like eventually ends and tells you who the werewolf was and you're like oh how was i supposed to glean that information and i guess probably could have put two and two together here with the chalk but it's like not that strong of of a clue and she like runs away with him, so it's like they you both still don't know away, who it yeah. is. Yeah. At one point, someone goes, "Rocks don't just fall on people." Yeah, they do. Yeah, all the time. That that's the thing. All the time. That's like mostly what rocks do, actually. That's what the falling rock sign means. Right. So someone, the, the actress lady, shoots the butler. It's it's cacophony. Yeah. Everyone leaves the sewer system. Except for the tennis player who is dead, uh, the doctor's patching everybody up, uh, and this is, and then after that we find out that no one in this like group has a family, like they're all adopted or something. Well, they're all like orphans or adopted or whatever. There is one really cool shot here that was very clearly like the director of photography just showing off, where they do like a circle all the way around the room tracking, but the camera stays in like a fixed position. Oh, I missed that. It does like a. You know, it's always pointing inward, but goes completely around the room. Hmm, I miss that. Like the that shot in Carrie? Um, yeah, but not as intense because it's like a very big loop that it makes. Okay. Um, so they, uh, the photographer and then doctor lady go down into the tunnels again and they find the, um... Gail. 
No, they find the tennis guy first. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And he's the one who swallows. Yes. While he's dead. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, I fi- I was like, I think I figured it out. I think the the only way to end the werewolf curse is to kill all of this bloodline. Right. And because a baby survived, they have to kill these people now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was kind of wrong. Um, well, you were basically but then, there. But then, so the whole point earlier was they were like, oh, put a mark, a chalk mark on the wall and the arrow pointing which direction you went. Right. So you can find your way backwards. And so he sees an arrow on the wall and goes, oh, the exit has to be this way where the arrow is pointing. And I was like, that's not what we established Yeah, before. no, that's literally the opposite because that made me think he was the werewolf. Yeah. But it worked. They got out of there. They f- they find Gale who, alive, who, and she says werewolf. Who dies hilariously, like, with her eyes open, like, full goggle-eyed, as wide as they go, and then just, like, <laughs> and then just sits with her eyes wide open. Yeah. Uh, they go upstairs, and uh, the doctor lady sees a curtain wiggle and stabs it like she's Hamlet. Yeah. And turns out it was the dude she was boning. Who was already and dead, then, but she thinks that she killed him for a second. Yeah. Um, and then the the Count comes in, and uh, they're like, hey, what's going on, buddy? And he's like, have you ever heard of the Martyrs? And everyone in this movie has. And I was right. like, what the fuck is a Martyr? Like, I know what a Martyr is by definition. Right, right, right. They treat it like it's the Freemasons. Yes, like exactly. Like it's a thing. Yeah. Or the Knights Templar. A secret society that is, like, culturally relevant. See other things from national treasure right 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 um but he's like yeah uh, i'm part of the secret order the only people who can kill the werewolf are related and it means they all have this exact same birthmark in the exact same place should have been in different places i think uh and he's like i brought you all here so we could finally kill the werewolf and i was like was the werewolf doing anything before this right it was like was there any like a spike in werewolf activity. <laughs> a spike in werewolf. It's like a news. I'm picturing a newspaper like spitting into frame being like, <laughs> werewolf terror strikes Budapest. Or like a little graph where it's like at the bottom, it's little blips. And then it, like for 1988, <laughs> it just like jumps up to 100. <laughs> There's like a very bushy ma- mustachioed police officer chewing a cigar. And it's like, I'm sick and tired. He's pounding his fist. He's like, I'm sick and tired of these werewolf deaths. We gotta get a handle on this. Bring me pictures of werewolves. <laughs> That's what I like. I, I want to know why. Because again, I'm like, the werewolf wasn't doing anything. Right. But also like... How much more interesting is this movie if it's like they're in addition to all being orphans, they're all the exact same age. And when the moon, full moon marks their birthday on their 29th year or whatever, they all are going to turn. And so this guy is trying to like kill all these werewolves before they become werewolves. That's a much more interesting movie. Yeah. And like now the count has been found out because he's been picking these people off one by one. And now they're it's like a weird Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes. I don't think I am familiar enough with Mamma Mia. But yeah. That episode of 30 Rock where they it's the plot of Mamma Mia where they invite all of Jack's dads. Yeah. 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 And they have to figure out which one's the dad. It's right, like that. Right. But that's the thing is like I would. Ra- it's so much more interesting to me if like they're all werewolves and like some of them like don't believe it. And then like they're turning and they're killing each other. Like it's just so much more interesting. Mm hmm. It's like before the moon rises on your 29th birthday, the transformation will take hold. And they're like, they're, you know, this is the night that it will happen to all of you. And so it's all happening at different times. Like so much more interesting. And then, oh, oh. and then we could do a, I'm going to be even more obscure. We could do like a Pirates of Penzance thing and be like, I was born on a leap year. So like, technically I haven't had 29 full moon birthdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there's like a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. If you own the rights to the howling and you're listening to us, call us. We'll be happy to write this movie for you. 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T. Um, so they, they, I was about to be like, so she sets them free from the cage. And then I realized we never said that they got stuck in a cage. Uh, the photographer and the doctor decide to Wait, put. Also TM, TM, TM on that idea. What? That's, we're, oh. that's ours. You can't have it. Yeah. Our Mamma Mia Pirates of Penzance, but it's a horror movie about yeah. werewolves, yeah. is ours. Well, we could just write it without the howling name and sell it to the sci-fi network. So I'm just saying TMTM. Yeah. So yeah, the photographer and the doctor lady lock up the count and the, the maid and the and the, the butler. 
And then the actress lady sets them all free and they lock her in there and they're like, you'll be safe in here. Here's the key. And then she literally does a Pirates of the Caribbean from Disney World death. Like she's reaching for the key out the cell like the dog thing at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And then she gets ganked. It's so stupid. It's awful. Um, But also, why is there a jail cell in this prison? (laughs) It's a castle. I get. Sorry, I hate jail cell in this prison. Jesus. Still, like what? Castles had had jail cells, but it's like a like. modernish jail cell. It's supposed to be from fourteen hundreds, I guess. Um, so Mary Lou is missing. I went, oh, so she's the werewolf. I guess I do like her. The actress is killed. I'm offended by this terrible werewolf. Um, so the photographers walking, like creeping around. The maid and the butler and the count are all trying to find him. The maid jumps out from behind a door at him. And he's straight up like Black Widow grabs her and th- like sh- he's facing away from her. She comes up behind him. He grabs her arm and like throws her over his shoulder onto what is clearly a mat painted to look like stones. He gives her a classic Ricky the Dragon steamboat deep arm drag. It is like a perfect wrestling move that happens here. And so as he's shaking this woman, who he, so the butler and the maid do not speak any English. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just shaking her, screaming into her face, yes. asking her questions. And the, the, the butler is coming up behind him with an axe. And at seven minutes left in this stupid movie, yeah. we finally get cool kills. Yes. This, this scene is awesome. And I was like, this should have been the movie. Why did you only yes. do the one here? So uh, as he's about to get swung with an axe, Mary Lou holding a crossbow screams out for the photographer. He jumps out of the way. The guy swings the axe and beheads the maid and then gets ganked with the friggin' crossbow. Yeah. And they die. And this is awesome, but also it makes no sense because why didn't Mary Lou just kill this guy? Like, let the guy get killed. Nobody suspected her. Yeah. She could have done that. Um, But I guess she figured that this way more people die and she doesn't have to worry about cleanup. I guess. Um, because then they go and find the count and they scuffle and they're both, they're like, kill him. He's the werewolf. Kill him. He's the werewolf. And so she shoots the count. Actually, it's really interesting because the count is like, shoot him. And the other guy is like, don't shoot anybody. Like, I don't know what's going on. You're right. He did say that. Yeah. He's like, don't shoot anyone. Just like put the gun away and let's talk about this. Um, and so she shoots the count and then the guy's like, oh, there's no such thing as werewolves. And she's like, are you sure? And then cut to the ending of the Thriller music video. No, no, it's not the ending of the Thriller music video, because the end of the Thriller music video rules, and this sucks ass. She just smiles. Put some contact lenses in this lady, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, they can't afford contact lenses in the 80s. I will do something. Have her smile and show a fang. Like, she just smirks. I hated it so much. I was actively pissed at the end of this. I was like, at least you need to give me like the the fang and a Vincent Price laugh. Or a oh to be more werewolfy. Yeah, I would appreciate that. No, it sucks, but it's the worst. I was like actually mad when the movie ended. Because I was like, this this was boring and stupid. And then you had the audacity to try to do like a thriller ending. Don't you dare besmirch the thriller ending. Yeah, let Michael Jackson do that. I'm just saying, like, get get with it. What are we doing here? This is insanity. <laughs> so that's that's the Howling Five. Yeah, uh, not a good movie. No, I'm not. I'm not angry with it f- the whole way through. I don't like it, and I'm I, I'm annoyed by how cheap it is. But I'm not angry with it. Yeah, it's it's it commits the most common sin of your direct to DVD or direct to video for that era schlock of just being boring. Like, there's nothing worse than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I can forgive a lot of stuff, but being bored is not a thing I want with my movie entertainment. Not with my werewolf movie, right? Especially your horror movies. It just makes no sense. Uh, don't forget to check out dissectingthe80s.com. You can visit us on Facebook or talk to us on Twitter. It's at dissectthe80s on Twitter. As we said at the top of the show, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s. We have a lot of really great stuff there, and your support there means a whole lot to us. Uh, we're pretty close to unlocking uh, the commentary, uh, and I know we had said we were going to do this as a special bonus uh, ways back if we got it, but... Uh, the power hour commentary is just seeming more and more fun to me. So I'm thinking that we might do that no matter what. 
Um, but if we're maybe we say if we can get there by the end of 2018, maybe that's what we do. We do the Power Hour commentary, and yeah. we'll, we'll even let uh, the Patreon folks vote on the movie. I think. Okay. Um, but something fun. Well, we will give the options. We oh, will, okay. we will give. There will not be. I was like, I'm not there will not be a garbage, fucking garbage pail no. kids movie. We will choose the film, and they will. We will give them a list, and they will choose from it. We Eat will do. We will host the. We will host the primary, and they will. Do, okay. They will vote in the general election. Um. But yeah, don't forget. So please go check that out. Um, don't forget the easiest way to support the show is to rate and review wherever you get it. iTunes helps the most, but we'll take what we can get. And if you don't do iTunes, just send us a screenshot of it. We haven't gotten one in a while. Uh, so take the time to do that. We'd really appreciate it. And we always read those on the air. Um, so this is the end of our fifth season, but we don't take breaks. We'll be back uh, right away uh, to start our sixth season, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, Six is also sex, so we thought we'd make things a little sexy and start the sixth season off with a little little sexy film, a little sexy romp. We'll be back on September 9th with the Tony Danza Can't Believe His Daughter Is Old Enough to Have Feelings for Men film, She's Out of Control. So... Track that down wherever you get your po- your your weird 80s films, and we'll, we'll go from there. Also, American Horror Story 1984 is coming out in September. If you guys would want to hear us talk about the pilot, because it's going to be the only good episode, because it's a Ryan Murphy show, let us know. Yeah, I might watch a pilot. Yeah, that's uh, right. The pilot and maybe the second episode are the only things worth watching, because his show's... The, the premiere episode of every season of American Horror Story is spectacular. Everything else is not. But the premiere episode is always amazing. I'm not a Ryan Murphy fan, so... uh... But I think... I feel like you would, like... If you do what I did, what I just said, just watch the the premiere episodes. I think you'd like those. Um, But we will be back September 9th, and we will have your Hall of Fame update then with all that fun stuff for uh, what was supposed to be at the end of Season 5. We'll be back with that then. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I have been Triplano. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until September 9th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Uh, <laughs> things we're gonna cut out in editing. <laughs> I am Trip Leno, one half of the Mega Posse. I almost said Pasta Powers. <laughs> it has been a long time since I've done that. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha